I am so intrigued by this report because it really is multifaceted in terms of understanding where we are uh, regarding uh, economic growth, uh, socioeconomic uh, uh, disruptions we see in the country, the economic potential and what that means for remuneration. So maybe let's contextualize this report first uh, before taking a look at some of the nuances to to really uncover what we should be taking away as um, I guess, salaried and employed South Africans. So thank you for the opportunity. The key messages coming out of the report and predictions, if you like, are that the wage gap is going to grow. The difference between the top paid and the lowest paid will get bigger. And the difference between the average salary in Africa and the Western world will also increase. So all of that packaged together with one headline saying, we will probably see the world's first trillionaire Mm. this year. How much is a trillion dollars? If you stacked a trillion dollars one on top of another, it would be two and a half times higher than our International Space Station, which is 631 miles up, 1,000 kilometers up in the sky. So it begs the question, if we're not hitting our goals our global goals of alleviation of poverty and Mm. the oceans and the planet and all of those goals that we set for ourselves, yet some of us are going to be trillionaires. Uh, Isn't there something more that we should be doing? Let me pause there. Yeah, it almost sounds like it's more money than what we know to do with in in a single lifetime, Dr. Basson. And I'm intrigued to understand what the contributing factors are to this. As you say, we've all had objectives of minimizing inequality, improving on employment, increasing uh, employability as well as remuneration efforts. But uh, is this just fundamentally based on exogenous factors like the macroeconomic environment that continues to cause this rift? So, so problems hunt in packs. Let me touch on a few of them. Mm. The CEO 300 years ago was the CEO of a village and 200 years ago, the CEO of a town, 100 years ago, the CEO of a city, and now is the CEO like Microsoft, Coca-Cola, for example, global. The job has got infinitely more complex. 300 years ago, if I was making tea or cleaning the floor, 200 years, 100 years, 100 years. And now the, the job hasn't increased in complexity as mm. exponentially as the CEO's job. So so that's one contributing factor. The other one is that the global education system is broken. And and I can speak for my own family here where, um, you know, one of my kids left a private school in, in, in the heart of Santon, went to university and failed. Just like that. Mm-hmm. He was taught to memorize. He can memorize the body parts of a grasshopper. Mm-hmm. But he couldn't problem solve. He couldn't think. And he, he, he wasn't ready and he, he, for what was required at university and certainly the working world. So capitalism has grown the share prices, which is the third one. If I get a thousand shares at, at a hundred rand and all of a sudden I, it goes through the roof, that's what makes all of these things worth so much money. So when you set the pay in the first instance, the remuneration committee and the board look at it. They say it's fair. This is what other people get. And some companies just outperform. They perform so well that eventually their CEOs and the executive earn hundreds of millions. 
and you ask the question, uh, you know, how would you spend it? If 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 I gave you a billion billion dollars and you spent one thousand dollars a day, it, it would take you two thousand seven hundred and forty years to spend. In, in other words, you could never spend it in in a hundred lifetimes. My good, and that's an important stat because it really puts things into perspective as to how much is 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 really uh, e- enough. I, I also find it intriguing because within the as you've highlighted, uh, the salary gap is expected to increase between Africa and Europe, also between developed and developing countries. Uh, and, and of course, what we're seeing in terms of our very first trillionaire in, in the world. I, I'm intrigued to understand, though, how will this likely continue, especially in a world where businesses have been so clear about cost-cutting initiatives, especially when it comes to human capital? Yeah. So, so an interesting question is... Um, should one be able to pay bonuses to executives if they've retrenched, for example? Mm-hmm. And and I think it boils down to the ethics of running a business. We need to get a lot more ethical and we need to actually look at stakeholder relations, stakeholder returns, and not only shareholder returns. And, and I think that's where the big difference needs to be um, Amplified. We, we're so busy on, on the shareholder return that we forget our stakeholders. Now, King 4, which is our governance framework here and uh, applauded all over the world, there it, it says stakeholders and companies need to take it a lot more seriously. It's your communities around you. The whole thing of ESG, environment, social and governance, the social aspect of it is trying to push it. Investors are saying we're not going to invest in you if you um, are irresponsible. So so everybody needs to come to the party. The investors have to give up a little bit, as do the shareholders. The companies have to be a lot more um, responsible and take this a lot more seriously. And employees, they stuck because they're stuck with an education system that, that doesn't prepare them for the future. And uh, that's where the government has to come to the party. The government needs to provide education that is world-class. And it's not that difficult. Mm. It's not that difficult. I agree with you that it's not that difficult, but it does seem as though in South Africa we've continued to score own goals, right? And whilst we're not getting the fundamentals right, we're also facing a threat of uh, the advancements in technology and artificial intelligence. And and it's a matter, it's some policy changes. And, and you're right, the own goals are there. But changing just a few policies, for example, in most of our schools, we have mathematics and English as compulsory subjects. Yes. What about IT being a compulsory subject? What about problem solving being a compulsory subject? What about entrepreneurship being a compulsory subject? I'd make those five the compulsory subjects. And then you pick two or three others. Because the big corporates are not hiring. Mm. They're not hiring. Mm. Entrepreneurs, SMMEs, and that's where, again, government could come to the party. I've started a few businesses. I had to pay VAT before I could even even, even get any money in. And so if I wouldn't have money in the bank, I would have just gone bankrupt, like 80% of the people that do go bankrupt because of cash flow. Mm. So, so they're very small wins that um, we could do. Policy changes, it, it, it requires, it, I think it requires political will to get the education system right. With to Imagine how easy it is just to, to say problem solving, entrepreneurship, and IT are compulsory subjects. Imagine how easy it is, is to say, get your first revenue as an SMME and then pay your VAT. Just 
just give me a holiday for three to six months, something like that. Uh-huh. So uh, they, they, they're very low-hanging fruit. It just requires political will. 100%. I'm so intrigued by the topics and the subjects that you also shared, Dr. Basson. Um, of course, I did some research on you and I'm aware that you have about six degrees. Ooh, you're well educated on another level. And I, I guess, again, personalizing this, uh, does, you know, uh, does teaching actually also need to broaden just beyond the academic scope? Because so often, especially in an economy like South Africa, we also hear about how we've neglected trade and, and, and upskilling people uh, to make sure that they can be entrepreneurial in that nature. Uh, do opportunities in that space also exists, especially for a developing economy like ours? Yes, they definitely do. So um, vocational schools and skill schools, mm-hmm. we don't all have to go to university. I can honestly tell you that when my electrician and my plumber come to my house, I'm envious of the invoice they send me. So mm-hmm. there's there's space for that. There's lots of space for that. The vocational school, there's one just opened up in Belgravia. It's Dominican Belgravia. belongs to the Marist Brothers and the Marist Institute. There's lots of space there. Grade 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12, they're hiring. So um, anyone that's listening wants to apply to that school, they're very welcome to. But mm-hmm. there are many others. I'm not promoting that one above the rest. But um, we need skills. We need to get out of this mindset that the only way is through a university. Technicons are fine. Skills are fine. Vocations are fine. Whatever you study, even if it's a vocation, it just be the best at it. And 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 remember that companies hire for attitude as well. And attitude is free. You don't have to study it. It's free. Yeah. And and again, just to personalize it. And 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 my kids, you know, you ask me what 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 do we need to do when we start work? And and the answer is this. You have to make yourself easy to work with. Mm. Easy to work with. You don't complain without a solution. I'm not saying don't complain. Yes, but then have a solution. Make a suggestion. Say, this isn't working and I'd prefer to do that way. And and we've got into this mindset of just complaining, putting our hand out, expecting government to do everything. I don't think they should do everything. Uh, we need to help ourselves. But it's it's the tripartite arrangement between ourselves, government, big business, and all of us need to get together and think, how do we get out of this? And and I think there is such low-hanging fruit, as I mentioned, that um, it's very possible. 100%. I'm so intrigued, Dr. Basson, that you've highlighted all of these, you know, practical examples we need to be mindful of. Be easy to work with, you know, expect to put in some kind of input to get the output and be productive. And uh, looking at the various uh, predictions that you've shared on your list, uh, a number of them actually speak to how the world of work is also fundamentally changing. Not just how we get paid, but how uh, we work in terms of time, how we might even view uh, pay equity. uh, And of course, uh, also looking at what could be a pace ban. Talk us through some of these themes and help us understand how they are uh, shifting the world of work and productivity that impacts remuneration. So so how is it that we are in 2024 and um, men earn 15-20% to 20% more than women? Mm-hmm. How, how can that be? We go into big companies, the Department of Labor goes into big companies, we do audits. There's nothing in the policy that says you must pay a man more than a woman, when you interview everyone, they say, no, we don't do that. But when you do the statistics, it's there. Mm. So imagine if I ask you for your pay slip and you are underpaid somewhere else, I add on 10, 15%, you want the job, you accept, 
but you're still getting underpaid where I am because you're coming off a low base. Imagine if we banned payslips. You interview someone, you say, you write the job description, you get the grade, you put it to the midpoint of the pay scale, and you offer them that salary. That's where I must give credit to our national government. Mm-hmm. There they are transparent. They are world leaders in um, transparency and and making sure that it doesn't happen. I think the corporate world could learn a lesson from that. We need to ban asking for pay slips and pay people what they're worth. When it comes to work hours, there, there's a lot of statistics around what the average number of work hours is per month or per year. And um, if you take Germany, for example, it's 1,300 hours a year. Mexico is 2,000. 300 and um, South Africa's off the charts. We didn't even make it on the list. We're more than that. So, so our work it, hours are really long. But why isn't that translating into greater productivity, increased output, increased economic value? So that's the, that's the $64 million question. So ah. um, again, let me say problems hunting packs. Uh, One is that our machinery, our AI, our robotics isn't where our competitors are, Mm. the US, China, and Europe. Um, We still do a lot of manual labor. So now we've got quite a big decision to make. Do you want to employ people, rather employ 1,000 or 2,000 or 10,000 with manual labor, and then everyone's got a job, everyone earns 100 grand a day, and they can buy bread and milk? Or do you want robotics and be a lot more productive and things like that? I'll never forget... Um, one of our breweries here at SA Breweries mm-hmm. uh, bought in these new machines from from all over the world. They were they were world class, and we had about seventy six people working on it. The same machine in in Europe had two people, two engineers, and um, it it just shows you those engineers were earning ten twenty thousand euro a month, whereas our seventy six people were earning between eight and fifteen thousand a month. So. So it's quite a big strategic decision for government to make, whether you want to automate and AI and, and robotic up to compete with the rest or create jobs. I think it's both because if you don't do both, well, then you're going to just fall behind further and further. And that gap between Africa and Europe just grows. Mm. Sure. It sounds like such an intricate link, uh, Dr. Basson, in terms of policy, understanding the role of technology, how the policy speaks to the influence it has on people, how people also influence productivity, how that productivity translates into the profits of business. And we really do need this multi-pronged approach and synchronicity uh, to make sure that we, we, we address this. And I, I'm intrigued because it speaks to one of the predictions that you list on your list that we all need to start thinking like a CEO. Uh, and from what I'm understanding... Problem solving, strategic, lateral thinking, and as you prioritize before, uh, shared value uh, for for all stakeholders to to really benefit from this. Elaborate on this further. Um, You know, um, in our own homes, we make capex decisions, we make opex decisions, we make human resource finance. We 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 do all of that in our own homes. Every single one of us. Then we get to work. We put that cap on the gate when we walk in and we say, no, we don't know how to do this or that or the next thing. We do. South Africa is such a can-do nation, such a can-do nation. We try our best at everything. Uh, I interview people for jobs regularly. Can you do this? Yes, I can. Can you do that? Yes, I can. Mm-hmm. I, I spend a lot of time in Asia. And, and if it's one millimeter to the left or right, you know, and they weren't taught it, they say they can't do it. 
So, so our attitude and our can-do attitude is huge. It, it's it's really big. Now, imagine if we just taught everyone the electronic side of things, the robotic side of things. Um, we would want it. We just need the opportunity, and organisations need to believe in the people, and we can do it. And and not think that we need to bring people from overseas. We've got our own people to do it. We just yeah. have to do it. It takes political will. It takes courage, and it takes our stakeholders and our shareholders and our institutional investors to put back some money in us. I think we need to recapitalize work in South Africa. 100%. This is such an intriguing conversation, Dr. Basson. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I'm happy to probe your mind so much more. Uh, it will certainly do that when we do have more time uh, on the show. But if there's anything I've taken away from this is that we all do need to start thinking like uh, corporate leaders and uh, uh, a constant evolution of skills uh, that we all need to develop in order to ensure sustainability. Thank you kindly for your time this evening, sir. If you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za.